0: We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well,
1: welcome friends and fellow citizens to the We The People convention, news and opinion radio program and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this uh, radio program and podcast, and I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. The uh, donors to the We the People Convention are responsible for funding uh, this radio program and this podcast, and our uh, radio show is heard every Saturday uh, throughout Ohio on five radio stations, and you can get a list of those radio stations if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, and there's a big yellow button right there on the front page page. If you click on that, it'll uh, give you a map of Ohio that lists these stations and their coverage uh, areas, as well as the hours that they air the show. And then you can also listen to the podcast right there or view the podcast right there on that page. Plus you can find out other ways to uh, watch the podcast and listen to it. You can uh, watch it on YouTube at We The People Convention. You can watch it on your TV, on Roku TV and Amazon Fire TV uh, under We The People Convention. Just search for We The People Convention. Uh, you can listen to the audio on iTunes and on iHeartRadio and um and, and on Sprouts, we've got the links right there on that page. So, however you're you're joining us today, whether you're a first time listener or you're a person that's been with us every week, we welcome you. We thank you. Uh, we think this show uh, is has got information you won't get anywhere else, and because we kind of have a, a different take on things. We, uh, if you've been listening every week, you know what we do here. It's a news summary show. What we try to do is look at all the news each week kind of cut through all the noise pick the stuff that affects the listeners of the show what what affects your life and then we um we act on that we don't just Listen. We don't just talk. We we act because what we're trying to do is defend our own individual freedom and liberty and prosperity. And so sometimes we, the people, need to take action to do that. And you'll see throughout the show that sometimes I ask you to do things, uh, and I certainly try to tell you how each story impacts you and why you know why we're telling you these things. So um, this week. It's, been a, it's going to be a very busy show because there's a lot going on, uh, a lot of things that do affect you, and so I want to get right into it. Obviously, the thing that affects everyone right now uh, is this coronavirus situation, and I'm not going to fool you. I'm not going to you know, pretend that I'm a doctor or that I'm you know, uh, some medical expert or I'm going to tell you what to do here. Um, that's not the situation. I'm just here to, to talk common sense, to you know, to talk about it from a, a citizen standpoint, and to try to put some perspective on this. Now, clearly, you've got uh, you know the stock market you know went down over 2,000 points. It's bouncing around here after that, and and that's going to impact you because your 401k, your IRA, any investments you have, if you have a pension, uh, you know they're going to take a little bit of a hit. But I'll tell you right now. You know, thank goodness, thank God for Donald Trump because if you remember when Donald Trump became president, the stock market was at like 16,000 and we almost got to 30,000 last week. We were at 29,800 or something. So the bottom line is we can afford to take a little bit of a hit. We've got some cushion. Our country's doing great. We're doing well. But, you know, that's going to that's gonna be something you need to be aware of. Uh, the other thing though, on the other side of the coin is that... Uh, because of the the stock market people are are moving money from around the world to the united states and uh and bonds uh hit a 30-year low i think it was a 34-year low for mortgage rates Uh, it's now the lowest mortgage rates in 34 years so if you want to refinance your property or buy a house this is a good time to do it so anyway that's the perspective of why this is important to you so let's get into the issue a little bit uh President Trump appointed uh, Vice President Pence to kind of be the coordinator of this whole uh, situation, because there's lots of government agencies that are involved uh, with trying to handle this. And so, you know, he needed someone to you know kind of coordinate that. So he, he announced yesterday that uh, Vice President Pence would do that. And the reason he did that, I don't know if you picked this up when you were hearing about this, is that uh, Vice President uh, Pence was the governor of Indiana, and during one of the previous outbreaks of, of some illness. Uh, Indiana had some of those people on the ground and they had to do things to you know to take care of that illness and so uh, president Trump Vice president Trump, vice president, Pence has experience in dealing with this. So f- that's what's going to happen. The federal government is going to interact with state and local governments. And since Pence has experience in that, he was a good guy to pick uh, to talk about it. So let me just play this one clip uh, for you from President uh, Trump's speech yesterday or on Wednesday where he talked about you know the preparedness for this. And I'll come back and comment on what he had to say.
2: West schools should be preparing for a coronavirus
0: I would think so, yes. I mean, I haven't spoken specifically about that with the various doctors. But I would think so, yes. I think uh, every aspect of our society should be prepared. I don't think it's going to come to that, especially with the fact that uh, we're going down, not up. We're going very substantially down, not up. But, yeah, I think schools should be preparing and, you know, get ready just in case. The words are just in case. We don't think we're going to be there. We don't think we're going to be anywhere close. And again, if you look at some countries, they are coming down and starting to go in the other direction. This will end. This will end. Uh, You look at flu season. I said 26,000 people. I never heard of a number like that. 26,000 people going up to 69,000 people. Doctor, you told me before 69,000 people die every year from 26 to 69 every year from the flu. Now, think of that. It's incredible. So far, the results of all of this that everybody's reading about, and and part of the thing is, you want to keep it the way it is. You don't want to see panic, because there's no reason to be panicked about But when I mentioned the flu, I said, actually, I, I asked the various doctors, I said, is this just like flu? Because people die from the flu. And this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier, and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. Uh, but uh, we have it so well under control. I mean, we really have done a very good job. Go ahead.
1: So there you have it. You know, President Trump is saying, you know, listen, we're well prepared for this. And I think the thing I wanted to point out, the reason I played that clip is he said two important things. First of all, he said, this will end, Right. I mean, you know, this is this is something that we're going to handle. That's what Americans do. Americans aren't victims. Americans are heroes. We fix problems, right? I don't care if it's Ebola, I don't care if it's AIDS, I don't care what it is. We, the American people, and our you know, the way that we are structured as a society, we will go after this, we will fight it, and we will fix it, all right? So the other thing he said is there's no reason to panic. And 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 you know, I just was really upset with you know what was going on on uh, Tuesday of this week, where people were starting to act about like like the world was coming to an end. You know, we have 57 people in our country that, that even have this disease, and, and we have 15 you know, that, that caught it you know here in the states. The rest of them we brought from other uh, you know from cruise ships, things like that. And and so and no one's died yet. And and so that's just you know a situation we got to deal with. And there's no need to panic. Now, for you and I, we're common sense citizens, right? This virus is spread from coughing and from like, just like the flu. It's from, you know, mucus and, and, you know, when you cough or sneeze, that goes out in the air and that's how you catch it. And so what do we got to do? We got to we got to wash our hands. We got to, you know, make sure that we, our children, you know, cough into their sleeve, that they have, uh, you know, Kleenex with them. We've got to make sure that we don't, you know, just cough out in, in, a, in a crowd of people because you just don't know, you know, who's got it, who does it. But we, the American people are going to take care of this. And there's no reason to be panicked. And I, I'm really disappointed when I hear people, you know, just, you know, so frightened by this. Um, again, this thing is is contagious. It's dangerous people are going to die. But as the president said, we, we already have 61,000 Americans dying a year from the regular flu. Uh, we just had an announcement today in, in Cleveland that a very renowned doctor uh, just uh, died from the Cleveland Clinic. He's like a major heart surgeon. He died from the regular flu, not from this flu. So the world is full of danger. We need to take you know care of ourselves. We need to you know, take care of each other. And guess what? The survival rate of this is like 99%. So just let's keep things in perspective and let's go forward. Now, I do want to bring a story to your attention that was very upsetting to me. And I put this out and this had a tremendous reaction from those who get our emails. And if you don't get our emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. And right on the front page, it says, get our newsletter, put in your email, your zip code, and you're done. You'll start getting them you would have gotten this story earlier if you would have done that. So here's the story. It turns out that the the CDC official who made the announcement on Tuesday that started the, the, you know, the stock market to panic, and then it was really curious, right, curious that – the you know Chuck Schumer went on the floor of the Senate and, and and accused the president of being a complete inept buffoon, and then all the media started talking about this is going to be very dangerous and all that. Well, it turns out that the woman that did that, her name is Dr. Messner, happens to be the only sister of DOJ former DOJ Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Can't make this stuff up, folks. And she, she had, she, when she made this statement, it was just like way out of bounds. She, she said, we are asking the American public to work with us to prepare for the expectation that this could be bad. I understand this whole situation may seem overwhelming and that disruption to everyday life may be severe, but these are things that people need to start thinking about now, okay? And from that point forward, the stock market went down like a thousand more points because it made it look like, you know, that this was going to be a a terrible situation. Well, none of that is, is true. It's just not true. We, you know, and then, you know, Nancy Pelosi comes out and says, oh, you know, they only asked for 2.5 billion. You know, that's not enough. They're not taking this seriously. They're inept. We want to give you 8.5 billion. Well, That's, isn't that the typical, you know, and there were Republicans that said the same thing. The typical state is big government. We've got to solve this, right? We've got to solve this. And let's throw money that you don't have at it. I was outraged. The president asked for 2.5 billion because they were going to move some of the money that had already been budgeted for Ebola to help fight Ebola that wasn't being used. Right? That's what we want from the president of the United States. And then it turns out, That They start attacking him because he's cut the CDC budget and he's laid off all these scientists that now we need and this inept president has put us in this situation. Put us in what situation? And here's a clue. The CDC budget is up, not down. And the president in his press conference talked about anybody that we laid off or that we need to to get, we can hire these people. They didn't go anywhere. So it's disgusting. And what I'm telling you is this is the deep state politicizing and weaponizing a crisis. And here's what, what the problem with this is this is how this affects you. I told you at the beginning that this damages it, it, the stock market. We all lost money. I lost money. You lost money. We lost money this week. There was like $1.2 trillion in losses this week. These people did it, and I'm telling you, they did it intentionally. And that's a crime. They need to be held accountable. It's outrageous and it's un American. And President Trump was right when he spoke, and his president said, We need to come together. You know, we, we, this, is, this is where, you know, we're all Americans. We want to solve this. So Nancy Pelosi should have said, Well, you asked for $2.5 billion, but if you need more, we're here to help because we're all in this together. Instead, they attacked the president of the United States in a crisis. These people are despicable. They're disgusting. And if you are a former Democrat, if you still think you're a Democrat, you need to understand these people hate America. They are power crazed, power hungry. They want to rule over you. They don't want to preserve America. And I'm asking you, You need to look deep in, in, you look in the mirror, look at yourself and look into your eyes because you're not deciding this year whether you're voting for a Democrat or Republican because there aren't any Democrats. You're going to vote for an American or you're going to vote for a communist. You're going to vote for America because you love America or you're going to vote for the people who want to destroy America. That's the vote you're going to take. And I'm going to prove that to you now. Let's let's go on to the next part of our, our show. Let's talk about Bernie Sanders, right? Bernie Sanders, uh, Bloomberg released a poll that showed that uh, Bernie Sanders being at the top of the quote-unquote Democrat socialist ticket will be a disaster for down-ticket Democrats. Uh, and the poll that he's been circulating in, uh, around of uh, he pulled 40 battleground House districts currently held by dem- uh, Democrats, and he found that Sanders is less popular than Trump and loses significant support when hit for holding socialist positions. Sanders is a self-described Democratic socialist, a distinction that his opponents are starting to draw more frequently in the days following the Vermont Center's dominance in Nevada. OK, his policies of Medicaid for all, which is government you know, controlled health care and Green New Deal, which is a complete destruction of capitalism, are not going over well. And so the bottom line is he's going to destroy anybody who's on the Democratic ticket because they're going to have to answer for him. All right. And so what is happening now with that? Here's a good story for you. Florida Democrats sue to keep Sanders off the ballot. Two Florida Democrats have filed a lawsuit to keep Senator Bernie Sanders off the state's presidential primary ballot because he's not a member of the party. He's not. The lawsuit, which was filed this week in Leon County, argues that Mr. Sanders of Vermont is an independent and thus ineligible for the March 17th primary. Florida is a closed primary state, yet here we have someone who is an independent on the Democratic ballot, Karen Gravers, attorney for the two plaintiffs, told Politico. You can't be an independent and be a member of the party. While Mr. Sanders caucuses with Democrats in the U.S. Senate, he runs for election in Vermont as an independent and formally declares himself one uh, in the state's election paperwork. He's not a Democrat. What's he doing in their party, right? And so here's here's news for you. Here's a news flash. And this is why the Democrats are so scared, because again, they let him in. Because they wanted those young, crazy people that follow him, and they thought they'd get them them to vote for Hillary. And now they've come home, as they say, the chickens have come home to roots because they're eating the Democrats, right? These people, these radicals that they, you know, indoctrinated in our universities are starting to become their worst enemy. Because here's a clue. You can't win Florida if you're a communist because of the Cubans down in Dade County who know what a communist is. It's called Fidel Castro. And they're not going to elect Bernie Sanders. And he can't win any election, national election, if he can't win Florida. So that's what they're doing. But it gets worse, folks. It gets worse. Eight elected officials in Mississippi announced that they're switching parties. The Mississippi Republican Party is welcoming some new members, and all of them were elected to public offices as Democrats or Independents in the most recent election cycle. Mississippi Republican Party chairman says he doesn't expect that this will be the last time that they are welcoming new members to the GOP. We've had a a relentless focus on switching conservative Democrats over to the Republican Party, said Chairman Lucian Smith. They recognize increasingly that there is only one party that represents the conservative values of our state, and that is the Republican Party. All eight of the latest party switchers were from Smith and Covington counties, and one district attorney whose district covers both areas. So that's, you know, that's how bad it is. They're literally moving, you know, from the Democratic Party, and you have to move. If you're a Democrat, if you think you're a Democrat, you need to move to the Republican Party, to the Trump Party. That's what it is. Trump runs the Republican Party. He is the Republican Party. You need to leave the communist, socialist, Democrats, the radicals who are trying to destroy our nation, and you need to move to protect and defend America and our prosperity. And if you don't understand that, Listen to this interview with, uh, where they were talking to Venezuelans who were uh, protesting outside the Venezuelan embassy in Washington about what happens with socialism. Listen to uh, what these people had to say. What would be your message to young people that think socialism would be a good idea here in America? Look yourself in the mirror of Venezuela and
0: Cuba. You do not ever want anyone not even close to socialism to come to this country
2: people are eating from trash bags in the
1: street so what
2: how has socialism actually helped the country it's not a game it is not a game it is not the route to go it is not possible it's not feasible don't fall for it
0: it doesn't work the way the book says it works because we're humans and we have imperfections and socialism is too perfect to be true. Check your history, look at the news, look at all the countries that have failed under a socialist government, like Cuba, like Venezuela.
1: Bernie Sanders, as your enemy, do not ever, ever get involved with this individual or any
2: of the other socialists.
1: We also thought that this could never happen in our country. We had a balance of
2: powers, we had democracy, and we elected our leaders. People always talk about the Nazis and stuff like that, but nobody talks about the socialists. And, the, and communism it, it has killed probably more people than nazis did
1: it's this big lie to people who are disadvantaged and it just actually makes them worse off so there you have it it's a big lie right don't fall for it we thought it couldn't happen to us and now we've got a communist running for president of the united states i still don't understand how that's legal I think Bernie Sanders and his and his communist buddies should be driven out of this country. I think they should be arrested. Yeah, we're a country that has free thought, but there, there's a thing called sedition. There's a thing, you know, that, you know, it is illegal, it's against the law to plot to overthrow the United States. But apparently that's in vogue nowadays, right? And we'll talk more about that later in the show. We're going to take a break uh, for just a minute to hear from some of the uh, groups that we uh, support and support us. My name is Tom Zawistowski. And this is the we the, People News and Con- uh, we the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast.
2: As Merrick, President of Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, Ohio. Liberty Camp for Kids is where students in grades one through six experience the founding of our nation. This year's camp will be held from July 20th through the 24th, from 9 till noon. The cost is $30 per camper. If you're interested in our camp, being a volunteer, or even starting one of your own, go to www.LibertyCampForKids.com.
1: Buckeye Firearms Association is
2: Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at BFANews.org. That's BFANews.org.
0: BFANews.org.
1: All right, welcome back. We're glad you're with us to watch, uh, listen to today's radio show or to watch the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, I want to talk now about you know, what's going on uh, in Washington because uh, some good news here, some good news that we're finally, President Trump has finally had enough and he's, uh, he's going to start to clean house. That started when he named his new uh, personnel chief. Uh, his name is John, uh, Johnny McEntee. M C E N T E E. And, uh, he was, he basically, uh, has been a Trump loyalist. He was part of the campaign and he's only 29 years old, but uh, he called in the white house liaisons for, from the cabinet agencies for an introductory meeting on Thursday in which he asked them to identify political appointees across the U S government who are believed to be anti-Trump three sources familiar with the meeting tell Axios news, uh, Behind the scenes, Mcnee uh, you know, has is, is basically been empowered to uh, go after whoever he thinks is is undermining the president. He he basically Trump has empowered McNee to to purge all the bad people and all the deep state people. And he told and McAdie told staff that those identified as anti-Trump will no, no longer get promoted by shifting them around agencies or moving them ahead in the other agencies this was uh, This was the first move when you saw uh, the, you know vindman you know get thrown out, you know the guy who testified against President Trump in the Ukraine phony impeachment scandal. Uh, you also He was also involved with firing Gordon Sunderland, who was the uh, the u s. ambassador to the Euro- European Union. but he's also done some things like bring back Hope Hicks and a guy named Rick Grinnell, who uh, were both Trump loyalists who had been moved out. Uh, you know, by previous members of of the staff, but now he's brought them back, and this guy. Grinnell, who's been been named the new director of national intelligence, is a very interesting guy. President Trump's pick of U.S. ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell, has been named acting director of national intelligence. The DNI is an inspired one, inspired move of great symbolic and substantive significance. In staffing other crucial positions in the executive branch, With someone who genuinely shares his worldview, instincts, and tenacity, President Trump is signaling to the Trump haters of the administrative state and its deep state apothees that those who reject or actually seek to undermine his America First agenda will no longer be welcome in meaningful positions. This is no minor statement because the establishmentarian resistance, knowing that personnel is policy, has sought to stymie the president's agenda by seeking to undermine, if not destroy, like-minded individuals the president has considered for top-level posts. So I think that's a really good thing that he's done. And we need to do more. And someone is doing more. Uh, a person that I've had the pleasure to meet and correspond with is uh, Ginny Thomas. She is uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife. And uh, I got involved with her a little bit with uh, trying to help General Flynn in his situation. Uh, and she's uh, she's just a real courageous person. Conservative activists led by Ginny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, have been fanning the flames of his conspiracy-fueled paranoia by offering President Trump lists of disloyal officials and her optimal replacements, according to reports from Axios and CNN, one of those memos allegedly alleging misdeeds committed by former U.S. Attorney Jesse Liu in her handling of the Roger Stone case, among others. Last month, her Treasury Department nomination was unceremoniously rescinded, and she left the government. Uh, basically, uh, Guinea works with uh, Thomas Guinea Thomas and a right wing activists meet with Trump in person on a monthly basis, making the case that the White House aides were keeping Trump loyalists from getting administrative jobs. Uh, they huddle in the D.C. offices of Judicial Watch every Wednesday, notching its greatest victory when it led to the ousting of former National Security advisor, H.R. McMaster. The group collects names and passes them to Thomas, the conduit to the president. So, finally finally, we are starting to clean house. And I, I think, you know, all of us in the, in the Tea Party movement, all of us who are patriots and citizens have just wondered, why is the president allowing all these people in government to undermine his efforts? Just like Rosenstein's sister, you know, you know, leaked that or, or made that statement to the press that helped crash the stock market and cause a little bit of panic in our country. Why are these people even employed in our government? And I was listening to uh, Steve Bannon's podcast and I was listening to uh, Seth Gorka, uh, Sebastian Gorka, uh, had an op-ed on the Ohio Star newspaper, and he talked about that he met with the president and just said, it's all about personnel. And President Trump basically, I think, tried to reach out to the establishment when he first became president. He tried to you know, say, I'll work with you if you work with me, and all he did is get screwed basically by these people. And and now he's had enough and now he's finally going to take action. And we're really glad to, to see that. All right. I've got another thing I want to talk to you about that I think is imp- is important for you to know. And that is that if you remember in an earlier uh, podcast, you know, we're in the primary here in Ohio. And those of you watching uh, the podcast around the country, your your primaries are coming up. Super Tuesday is just like a, a week away, and that's going to be uh, a whole bunch of states voting. And I, I told you about I, Voter Guide that that was a great source for you to find, you know, how the people are rated you know, uh, as conservative or not, at ivoterguide.com. And uh, so I promoted that. But there's another thing that we've got here in Ohio, and it's called the Ohio Republican PAC. And the Ohio Republican PAC is this organization that, is grassroots. In other words, it, it, it's a super PAC. It's, it's, it's got Facebook pages. It's got a website that allows people, you know, to see who the conservative grassroots people in the state are supporting in, for various state uh, and federal positions. And Jane Timpkin the, uh, the chairman of the Ohio Republican Party has really been upset by this because the name Ohio Republican PAC really, um, just, you know, just is, it resonates with people, right? People see it and they say, Oh, these endorsements must be from the Ohio Republican party. So Jane Tampkin called them phony, but they're not phony. Yeah. You, you can, you know, you can look at their, their endorsements and they now have Facebook pages in all 88 counties. So if you're on Facebook, just look for Ohio Republican pack and you'll see their logo has an eagle on it. Okay. And you can, you know, look up who in your area they're endorsing and they've worked hard on it. This is run by a, a woman named Dr. Kelly Coles, who's been in the Tea Party movement. She's been a leader for a long time. And her, her volunteers and her staff have worked really hard to put this together. So I ask you to go on Facebook and look at Ohio Republican PAC in your area and see who they're endorsing and maybe consider voting for those people uh, on your uh, Republican primary ballot. Okay. All right. We're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast, and I am Tom Zawistowski. You can view the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast anytime you want, 24-7, 365 days per year, by just going to wethepeopleconvention.org. And then right on the front page, you'll see the, the podcast player. And if you click on the blue playlist, it'll show you all of our most recent podcasts. You can also find out by clicking on the yellow button on the front page and going to the We the People live podcast page of the website how you can listen to the broadcast on Facebook or YouTube, on Roku TV or Amazon Fire TV, and get a complete list of our stations that broadcast our podcast our on the radio every Saturday morning, including a map with the Ohio stations indicated. So be sure to tune in when it's convenient for you. And if you have comments about the show, don't hesitate to uh, write to us at info at wethepeopleconvention.org and tell us what you think about the show or what topics you'd like us to cover. All right, and we're back and we're kind of wrapping up the radio show here. And uh, I want to talk to you now about, uh, you know, really some of the stuff that's going on in the courts because as you know, from the beginning, A, we voted for President Trump because of the courts. We wanted to keep the Supreme Court conservative, and then we wanted him to continue to appoint judges. And as you know, if you're listening to this show, President Trump has appointed more judges in three years than President Obama did in eight, and that we are now filling some of these big federal judgeships with conservatives, with people who read the Constitution and apply it as it was written not revisionists, not radical leftists, all right? And that's what we've been fighting, these people who've been trying to stop President Trump all along the way by misusing the courts. And so, you know, there's been some big news in the courts. And I want the one I want to talk to you first, though, is one that's, you know, very upsetting to me, because as, as I've talked to you, you know, this whole thing with Roger Stone is just wrong. And so, you know, this week, uh, the the judge in the Roger Stone case uh, denied uh, you know, having a new sentence for Roger Stone, even though the woman who was the head of the jury pool there obviously lied when she was uh, being interviewed to be on the jury, and and she she's an anti-Trumper. She calls him on her and his Twitter feed on her Twitter feed. This woman, uh, uh, Tamika Hart, uh, has things where she calls. President Trump, the Klan president, get that, the Klan president. This is a black woman who's this jury person. She actually went after Roger Stone on tweets while she was on a jury, supposedly giving Roger Stone a fair trial, okay? This is a total miscarriage of justice. And if if Roger Stone doesn't get a new trial, he's going to get a pardon because this is not America. And I always want you to remember, I always want you to remember, we are fighting this. Because what they do to Roger Stone, what they do to President Trump, what they do to uh, uh, Kavanaugh, the Judge Kavanaugh, they're going to do to you. They're going to do to me. That's why we must fight this, because it's wrong. And no one is madder about this than Tucker Carlson. And here's what he had to say about this corrupt judge.
2: Last week on this show, we covered the sentencing of Roger Stone, who is perhaps the most undeserving of all the many casualties of the Russia collusion hysteria. Stone received more than three years in prison. He'll be over 70 when he gets out. Officially, his crime was lying about emails, emails that were themselves entirely harmless. From the first day, Stone's prosecution was a transparent political hit job. Washington wanted him imprisoned because for 40 years, he was Donald Trump's closest political advisor. Amy Berman Jackson is the federal judge who oversaw the case. She was appointed by Barack Obama. She is an openly partisan Democrat. She's made no attempt to hide that. Jackson allowed the foreman of the jury to lie about her political background, which in a normal court of law would have disqualified her immediately. But Jackson let her stay and then defended her. Then Jackson herself lied about the case. She claimed that Stone had been prosecuted because he, quote, covered up for the president, when in fact the charges against Roger Stone had nothing to do with that. AMY BERMAN JACKSON IS A DISGRACE TO THE JUDICIARY. IT'S FRIGHTENING THAT IN A COUNTRY LIKE OURS, SHE HAS POWER. AND SHE DOES. WE SAID THAT ON THIS SHOW LAST WEEK. TODAY, DURING A HEARING, JACKSON ATTACKED US. AND ONCE AGAIN, SHE LIED AS SHE DID IT. JACKSON ACCUSED THE SHOW OF, QUOTE, INVADING THE PRIVACY OF THE FOREMAN OF THE JURY. WHEN IN FACT, THE JUROR HERSELF HAS SPOKEN PUBLICLY AND REVEALED HER OWN IDENTITY. MANY MEDIA OUTLETS PUBLISHED HER NAME, INCLUDING THE NEW YORK TIMES, THE WASHINGTON POST, and CNN, all of which, of course, Jackson approves of because they're on her side. Then Jackson accused the show of, quote, harassing the jurors, even encouraging violence against them. That is insane. Of course, we did no such thing. Finally, Jackson called our criticism of her, quote, antithetical to our system of justice, end quote, which proves that not only is Amy Berman Jackson corrupt, dishonest, and authoritarian, and she is definitely all of those things, She also has no sense of self-awareness whatsoever. So there
1: you have this person who has no business being a judge, who's now a total partisan attacking regular citizens. Roger Stone's just a citizen like you and I and treating them as if she were a tyrant. And if we had a real representative government, she would be impeached. You can impeach these judges. But if she's not going to be impeached, I hope President Trump not only pardons Roger Stone, I hope he makes a statement that he's going to pardon every person that this judge convicts to prove how useless she is. And she can sit in her courtroom and do nothing because that's all she could be trusted to do. This is a despicable human being, and I hope she gets what's coming to her someday, which is me thrown out unceremoniously, and maybe if we can all work hard to take back the, Ohio- the House of Representatives in this election and keep the Senate, we can impeach that woman and, and start to have some real justice under the law. Now, that's upsetting, but we're going to win that one because President Trump's going to pardon Roger Stone. So we're going to win that one, and we're going to keep winning, because President Trump said, you're going to get tired of winning, and we're going to win so much. Well, I know I'm not tired of winning, and I know you're not tired of winning, and this week, President Trump won again, and again, and again. Here's a way he won. The Ninth Circuit Court rules Trump administration stripping funding from abortion clinics is constitutional. Yay! The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled Monday that the Trump administration can continue can continue stripping federal funding from clinics that offer abortions. The court upheld the Trump administration's June 2019 declaration that taxpayer-funded clinics must stop referring women for abortions or be stripped of their Title IX funding. Guess what? Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Remember we, we call them the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. These have been these liberal lefties who are the ones that have been activists trying to stop the president from exercising his rights as president under the Constitution. And they keep going to the Supreme Court and getting overruled. But as I said to you, President Trump has appointed more uh, judges President Obama did in eight years. And what he's done is he's put a bunch of Republicans, conservatives on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And we finally got a ruling in the Circuit Court of Appeals that didn't have to go to the Supreme Court, that followed the Constitution. We're winning. We're winning. Trump won again. Big victory. In uh, the Federal Appeals Court on Wednesday, handed a major win to the Trump administration in his fight against sanctuary jurisdictions, ruling that it can deny grant money to states that refuse to cooperate with federal immigration authorities. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York overturned a lower court ruling that stopped the administration's 2017 move to withhold grant money from the Edward Byrne Memorial Justice Assistance Grant Program, which dispenses over $250 million a year to state and local criminal justice efforts. So again, they tried to stop the president when he has all the all the right in the world to you know to use federal money to to basically sanction these sanctuary cities they tried to stop him he won now this court case is going to go to the supreme court cuz some other activist judges ruled you know against trump but now he's got a ruling for him that means it's going to go to the supreme court And we're going to win there again because we hold the 5-4 advantage. And uh, that's really good news. So here's the next thing that Trump did that I thought was great. Trump uh, calls on two Supreme Court justices to recuse themselves from cases involving him. U.S. President Donald Trump said Tuesday, Supreme Court Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg should remove themselves from cases involving him or his administration. Trump calls for the liberal-leaning justices to recuse themselves came during a news conference in New Delhi where he said, I just don't know how they cannot recuse themselves from anything Trump or Trump-related, the president said. What Justice Sotomayor said yesterday was highly inappropriate. She's trying to shame people with perhaps a different view into voting her way. Well, you know what that means? Say, See, so, now get this. You talk about the pot calling the cattle black. Sotomayor, who again... Is, is a perfect example of what's wrong with affirmative action because she never should have been appointed to the Supreme Court. She's a token Hispanic woman, right? And when she got appointed, she had to gall to suggest that as a Hispanic woman, she could interpret the law better than anyone else, right? And she's not. She shouldn't even be on the Supreme Court. So what happens? When the Supreme Court ruled uh, in this case about the abortion clinics, and it was five to four, ear was crying about, oh, you know, the problem with these uh, judges is that they just want to support Trump and they're not voting on the law. They're just voting because they support Trump. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When the Supreme Court was under Obama, right, was, with, with Kennedy on the court, when they ruled for gay marriage, when they ruled that Obamacare was a tax and that it was therefore legal, you telling me they weren't doing it for ideological reasons? Give me a break. Both Sotomayor and Ginsburg are on the public record criticizing the president of the United States over issues like immigration and then they want to be on the case when it's heard. The president is absolutely right. They should recuse themselves. You see, but they won't do that. They won't do that because they're not principled people. Don't you think judges should be principled people? Don't you think they should be blind like justice and follow the law, even if their own personal feelings go against it? Yeah, Ginsburg's an ideologue. Ladies and gentlemen, she was the head of the ACLU when the Republicans put her on the Supreme Court 50 years ago, whatever it is. How stupid was that? How much have we paid a price for her activism on the court? We're coming. We're coming. Ginsburg's not going to live forever, though I know they'll put her on a respirator, pretend she's alive to try to keep her on the court. But we're coming. We need to reelect Donald J. Trump so we can continue to get you know the court that we deserve. And uh, I'm very excited that he called them out. All right, we've got to wrap up the radio show. As uh, those of you who listen to the show each week know that what happens is we continue the podcast. So when the radio show ends, you can go to wethepeopleconvention.org and pick up where the radio show ended and just watch the rest of the podcast, which will go on for like another half an hour. So if you can do that, that'll be great. We're going to talk about some uh, pretty good stories. We've got a story about how uh, Devin Nunes and the House uh, Judiciary Republicans are going to refer some of the Mueller the Mueller investigators for criminal charges. Because they lied and they, and, they, and they doctored documents. We're going to talk about a whistleblower who told John Solomon that McCabe and Comey were using the NSA spying on U.S. citizens for political reasons and that he warned them and they ignored him. We're going to talk about some things here in Ohio uh, that are going to be on the ballot: uh, an effort to uh, put term limits at 16 years for each uh, each house, you know, the House or the Senate. In other words, you can't move back and forth between the House and the Senate. You get 16 years in one or the other, and that's it. We're going to talk about the president suing the New York Times, which is a great story. His campaign, not the president, his campaign is suing the New York Times for libel. And I think they're going to win. I think that's exciting. And and so, you know, we're going to have some more stories after the radio show is over. But I thank you for joining us. I thank you for being with us. I hope that you will support us. You can do that by texting FREEDOM to 22525. Text FREEDOM, the word FREEDOM to 22525, and give $5, for, to month, $5 per month for freedom to the We the People Convention, or just go to our, our webpage, and you'll hear more about that as I wrap the show. I thank you again for listening this week. I hope you'll be back next week. I hope you'll tell friends and neighbors about this so we can grow this show as we build towards the November election. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and you've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Broadcast and podcast. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, we're back, and we thank everyone who's been watching this podcast for doing so, and we welcome all of you who've listened to the radio show and now are joining the podcast at wethepeopleconvention.org. We're glad to have you with us. We've got a lot of show left, and uh, we want to start with what I think is a very important story, uh, again, that comes from John Solomon, who uh, has started his own website called Just the News, and man, this guy has just been the top investigator throughout this whole Trump administration. the coup attempt and the interference in the election and all that stuff so this is a a very interesting story and i got another one right after that from john solomon so let's uh you know go into this story house republicans consider criminal considering criminal referrals against mueller prosecutors House Republicans have found evidence that Russian special counsel Robert Mueller's team may have misled the courts and Congress and are considering making criminal referrals asking the Justice Department to investigate those prosecutors, a key lawmaker says. Representative Devin Nunes from California, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, told Just the News that his team has been scouring recent documents released by the FBI, including witness reports known as 302s, and found glaring evidence that contradicts claims the Mueller team made to the courts and to Congress. We're now going through these 302s, and we're going to be making criminal referrals on the Mueller dossier team. The people that put this Mueller report together, Nunes said during an interview with John Solomon Reports, Nunes specifically reacted, to, you know, to a story in Just the News disclosing that the FBI interviewed memos of key figure George Papadopoulos show he was helpful in trying to locate a witness named Joseph Misfed. But the Mueller prosecuting team portrayed Papadopoulos as trying to thwart or frustrate the investigation's efforts to question Misfed. So here's a direct contradiction of a known fact, and and so. It is right for the Republicans, and it should be the Democrats who are referring this to the DOJ for criminal prosecution. The Mueller team lied. They literally told Congress and they told the courts that Papadopoulos was trying to mislead them about Misfit. And here, he was trying to help them find Misfit, who's a key player in this, who was a, a CIA asset that was trying to entrap the Trump campaign. And this is why we need to investigate the investigators, because they've been lying throughout this whole thing, and they need to be held accountable. And that's why I've asked you each week to call A.G. Bill Barr and write to him. And if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, go to the video section and click on the video that says, We Must Demand Equal Justice you can get AG Barr's phone number you can get his uh, the way you can send him an email and i even explain what you should say to him but we've been doing that because these people have committed criminal acts they must be held accountable we can't, we have to have equal justice for all under the law we can't have a two-tier justice justice system and that's what it looks like we have and here's here's something that's really upsetting this story really caught my attention again from John Solomon Ex-FBI unit chief blows whistle on Comey and McCabe over warrantless spying, okay? So here's our boys, McCabe and Comey. The FBI agent who ran the Bureau's warrantless spy program said Wednesday he warned ex-director James Comey and his deputy, Andrew McCabe, that the program was a useless waste of taxpayer money that needlessly infringed American civil liberties, but his bosses refused to take action. Retired Special Agent Bassem Yosef ran the FBI's Communications Analysts Analysis Unit from late 2004 until his retirement in late 2014. He told Justin News he fears the deeply flawed program, which was started in response to September 11th, was allowed to keep going to give Americans a false sense of security in the war on terror and possibly to enable inappropriate spying, such as that which uh, targeted President Trump's 2016 campaign. I have no doubt, or I have very little doubt, that it was used for political spying or political espionage, Yusuf said. Yusuf confirmed that the FBI performed an audit of the highly classified program, uh, which was uh, because it was uh, used to go after Edward Snowden. But basically, when uh, they did the audit, they found that the program was, was just useless. The audit showed that while the program had generated two moderate leads for counterterrorism cases, it had not helped thwart dozens of terrorism attacks as officials had claimed, despite costing tens of millions of dollars per year. In fact, the program was generating large numbers of false negatives and positive, Yusuf said. The audit, he added, also showed there was collateral damage in terms of civil liberties of Americans whose phone records were unnecessarily searched or who were falsely identified as connected to terrorism. Yosef discussed these things with McCabe and with Comey, and nothing happened. He said, there is no doubt in my mind, looking at the backdrop, and the information that has come up since 2016 in the media, that the abuses were rampant, and not just for the FISA process, the FISA program, but for other programs. They were used to spy on the Trump campaign. That, to me, is almost the obvious conclusion of what I have seen. It is highly probable that the program was used by, to handpick selected targeted numbers for purposes other than fighting terrorism. And he said McCabe, McCabe and Comey knew all about it. It's just outrageous. It's just outrageous. And so, you know, McCabe, you know, we, we know the IG report showed that, that he lied to the FBI about his leaking to the media and they were leaking false information. Now, he wasn't charged for that, and, and, and we know that uh, because we, we talked about it last week, that that's too small of a charge, and we think he's going to get caught up in stuff like this, more serious charge, not just lying the FBI, okay, but misusing, you know, NSA assets, okay? But but the whole reason we call A.G. Bill Barr is, is to is to try to get justice for these people. So, here's a great story about how we fight back because you know, they were leaking information to the, to the New York Times, to the Washington Post, to every other news media, CNN and MSLSD and all these other people, but, but it was fake information. So this week, the Trump campaign, not President Trump, sued. the President Trump for President Inc. filed a libel lawsuit against the New York Times over its alleged false reporting on the Russia collusion hoax. The lawsuit filed Wednesday in the New York State Supreme Court aims to hold the New York Times accountable for intentionally publishing false information as fact, according to the Trump campaign. Today's the president's re-election campaign filed suit against New York Times for falsely stating that the campaign had an overarching deal with Vladimir Putin's oligarchy to help the campaign against Hillary Clinton in exchange for a new pro-Russian foreign policy starting with relief from economic sanctions. The statements were and are 100% false and defamatory, says Jenny Ellis, a senior legal advisor to Trump's re-election campaign. According to Ellis, the complaint alleges that New York Times was aware of the false statements at the time of publication and did so with the intention of hurting Trump's re-election campaign and misleading readers in the process. So again, why can you sue newspapers? Well, because if they libel you, which means they did something that they knew was wrong. Well, the lawyers for the Trump people are telling us and and, and in the media talking about that the New York Times had reported itself that these things were not true. Four different articles in the New York Times said this was not true. And then their own editorial board printed them to try to hurt the Trump campaign. Folks, that's malicious and that's libelous. And I think Trump's going to win this, and I think that's just fantastic. I just think that's great. We've got to make them pay a price for what they've done, and this is just another way to do it. And I congratulate the Trump team for, for, for defending their individual freedom and liberty, their First Amendment rights, you know, by going after the New York Times. We're going to take another short break. You're listening to the We the People convention, news and opinion, radio broadcast and podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Sekulow with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting ACLJ.org.
2: Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. The Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio.
1: All right. And we're back for our final segment. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Got a couple things to talk about here in Ohio. First of all, uh, it's come to my attention that there now is a petition drive to get on the ballot for November uh, a new term limits law. And this term limits law, we have term limits in Ohio, but it isn't working because all that happens is the politicians serve their full term in the House and then they run for Senate and then they run and serve a term in the Senate, and then they run for House. And this ping-pong is not what the intention of term limits is. We want you to serve and then get out. Go back and work in your community. Get a real job, right? So this new bill is proposing that you have a 16-year term, but it's only in one House, okay? So that would be eight times you could be elected to the House of Representatives. That would be um, two times you could be, or four times you could be elected to the Senate. So they're trying to collect petitions for that. I'm going to look more into that. Honestly, I don't think term limits is our answer. I think having fair elections, I think having real political parties, I think having real representative government is the answer. But I'm glad that people are are, are taking action on that. Now, there's another thing that's out there I just heard that they're going to put, um, they're going to try to put uh, a new marijuana bill on the ballot again this fall because it's going to be a big turnout and there's going to be a lot of Bernie people voting in November. So they think they can now go from medical marijuana in Ohio to just legalizing it, right? And didn't we tell you that when that happened? Didn't we tell you, matter of fact, they admitted that medical marijuana was just a shoe in the door, a foot in the door to make it so they could legalize marijuana. Yeah, that's what we need, right, for our kids now. We need to to legalize another drug. That's what we need. It's just insane, and it's stupid, but that might be on the ballot. They got to collect you know, the signatures for that as well, but those two things could be on the ballot, which will make you know, the election even more interesting besides having Donald Trump going against the deep state and uh, the commie, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, though I still tell you, I still think it's going to be Bloomberg. I still think they want Bloomberg's money. They're going to they're gonna settle on Bloomberg, and we'll see what happens on Super Tuesday. But I still think it's going to be Bloomberg, not Bernie. They don't want that matchup. They know they'll get creamed. We would love that matchup. But that's another story for another day. Here's another bill that's going on in Ohio that I think is great. It's a House Bill 513. It's called the Vulnerable Child Protection Act. This state legislation will ban Ohio children from receiving unnecessary sex change surgery or other hormonal sex change therapy that would alter their sex by birth. Okay, so this bill in Ohio is basically saying if you're a doctor, you cannot perform any therapy. You can't give them hormones. You can't do operations of any child that's a minor in this state. I think this is a great bill. I think it's insane what people are doing. They are mutilating these children who are confused, if not mentally ill, with gender dysphoria. And and I'm going to talk about that here in in a second uh, to prove my point. Okay. And I think it's great that they've taken action on that. So that's a great bill. There's another bill that's really good, House Bill 527. And this bill would ban transgender men born as biological males from from competing in women's high school sports in the state of Ohio. And it's, you know, it's just unfair for, for this to happen. We've talked about this, you know, and, and if you, you wanna learn more about this, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and on our, our article section, you'll see an article that says, there are just two sexes. And And you look at that article, it's written by two scientists who say, we gotta stop this nonsense. We gotta quit this idea that gender is fluid. It's not. It's called chromosomes. And there's, there's no difference, you know, that, uh, between, that men and women are different. The physiological and biological reality is that women perform about 10% slower across the board, no matter how hard they train, meaning speed, running. Uh, males generally have larger tendons, larger hearts, and higher red blood cell blood counts. They basically are, are going to beat the majority. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, you, you, you can have, there could be a few women who could beat some men. But the reality is an average male can beat almost every woman. And in Connecticut, there's a lawsuit going on with Alliance Defending Freedom where three women runners are suing because these two males said they're women and started running in, in the state meets. And they've now set 15 state records and they're men running against women. We need to end the insanity. And speaking of insanity, this is uh We've talked about Pete Buttigieg, right? And uh, this story is just really upsetting. This week, Pete Buttigieg brought a nine-year-old boy on stage to announce that he's gay at a public event. It must be one of the most troubling political rallies hosted by Mayor Pete up to this point. The former South Bend mayor turned Democrat, President Kennedy, invited a nine-year-old boy to come on stage to announce to the entire world that he is gay. Yes, you read that right. Mayor Pete encouraged a boy not even 10 years old to come out of the closet on stage during a presidential campaign. In a question submitted to the Buttigieg campaign, the boy thanked the Democrat for being so brave because I want to be brave like you, he added. He asked him to help, uh, for help to tell the world I'm gay too. Instead of telling the boy that he didn't have to concern himself with such uh, issues considering that he hadn't reached puberty yet and can therefore literally not know to whom or what he's attracted to, Buttigieg praised the young Zachary. I don't think you need uh, a lot of advice from me on bravery. You seem pretty strong to me, bragged uh, Buttigieg. It took me a long time to figure out how to tell even my best friends that I was gay, and I, let alone to go out there and tell the world to see and to see you willing to come to terms with who you are to a full, full room of a thousand people. Yeah, uh, you, you know, that's really something. He then told them a couple of things that might be useful. The first thing It won't always be easy, but that's okay, because you know who you are, and that's really important, because when you know who you are, you have a center of gravity that could hold you together when all kinds of chaos is happening around you. But wait a minute, Pete, that's the problem here, isn't it? Even those who believe one's sexuality is genetically determined agree that you only find out about it, as it were, when the hormones in your body start taking off, which is during puberty. Poor Zachary, who attended the rally with his parents is much too young to know anything about with whom he wants to have sexual relations. In that regard, then, he cannot possibly know who, he's, who he is except for a very confused boy who desperately wants to be show, shown off and shown big. So sad. His parents. That's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. And for Buttigieg to not understand that just shows this guy shouldn't be anywhere near the White House, let alone be mayor of a city, right? That's, it's just disgusting. All right, let's wrap up the show. We've got a couple of things that are not disgusting. So we'll wrap up on a high note. I've been talking about some events. And if you have an event that, you know, we should tell people about, uh, that's a, a you know a pro-Trump event or something like that, send it to me and, and I'll try to promote it. Uh, they're going to be having a Trump Day dinner uh, in Northeast Ohio on March 12th. It's presented by the Georgia County Conservative Club. And it's going to be held at Guido's Generations Event Center, 12809 Chillicothe Road in Chesterland, Ohio, uh, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, with a dinner at 7 p.m. Tickets are $55, and you can uh, you learn more about it at site or call 216-520-1977. Trump Day dinner, March 12th. Uh, you can call 216 520 1977. And, uh, you know, maybe you have a good time. Peter Kersenow is going to speak there. You've seen him on with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. He's a Cleveland attorney. Uh, former Congressman Jim Renacy, uh, talk show host Bob France from up here are, are going to be on the ticket. It'll be a great time. So I hope you'll go to that. I do uh, want to remind you about the Bringing America Back to Life convention, which is March 7th and 8th here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, um, you can you know you can go to uh, Bringing America Back to dot org to find out more about that. It's a great event, and then uh, I've been promoting this Gorka event. Uh, Sebastian Gorka is coming to the um, Kalahari Resort and Convention Center in Sandusky on May second for a rally to troops dinner with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. You can uh, learn more about that online at Blue Heron Events Online b l u e Heron Events online. And um, tickets are $125 for the VIP uh, meet and greet and dinner or $65 just for the dinner. So please uh, get your tickets in for that. That should be a great event. All right, so it's time to wrap up our show once again. I sure appreciate all of you watching, uh, talking about this, posting it, sharing it, uh, you know, we're growing our audience, you know, we want you to keep telling people about this because this is how we're going to communicate, you know, throughout this election season to make sure that we can re-elect Donald Trump and and keep, you know, the House, uh, take to keep the Senate and take the House back so we can then start implementing the agenda that we should have implemented in 2017, right? So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we should please tell people about this podcast and radio show, send them to we the people and send your comments to me at info at we the people convention.org. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and I will read every email and I will answer you if you write. So you're listening to we, the people convention news and opinion, uh, radio and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. Thank you again for watching and listening.